What's good, family? It's your boy Trader Rules from Real Last Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this. So please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place. So please download an Anchor free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. It's your boy, Trader Reels from Real Last Conversations, and I want to take a serious moment to say RIP to a hip-hop legend. Nah, scratch that legend just period. Earl Simmons, we miss you. DMX, Darkman X, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he passed away last week, April 9th, 2021. He was born December 18th, 1970. And he died at the age of 50. He battled a lot of demons through his life. But what I love about DMX is that he was so transparent with what he was going through. He showed me that people will love you for you regardless. Whether you're a grimy street dude who sometimes is emotional and preach a lot. As long as it's genuine, it's coming from your heart, people are going to appreciate that. I was talking to my sister and she was the first one and told me that he was in the hospital with brain damage uh, due to drugs. And she told me that was, that was her favorite rapper. I never knew that. Like, I never thought my sister would listen to DMX. But to be honest, a lot of people did. I didn't really grasp how big DMX was until about 10 years ago. I remember hearing him when I was younger with How's It Going Down and What's My Name and all that type of stuff. But I was in track practice. My boy, Kev Easy, Kevin Harris, shout out to him. He used to re- recite DMX lyrics and tell me how much of a legend this dude was. And it took me to hear it to be in that position to really delve deep into all DMX albums. He was the first artist to ever have two platinum records in the same year. The first artist to ever have three albums that debuted at number one on the hip hop charts. And he did so much more, man. Like he was a movie star. This man was a preacher, a hood preacher, not not like a real preacher, but he always gave you the gospel whenever he spoke. Whenever he spoke, people listened. It was just like he had a voice that could captivate you. And to lose such a legend who has so much light at the end of his life is crazy. I just want to thank the Lord for allowing the world to witness a true artist. A true, true artist. There was no faking it. There was no, there was no faking it for this man. Like he told you how he felt. He meant every word of it. And he showed me that people are going to love you for you. It don't matter if you're a grimy street dude, a dude that dig deep into his emotion and speak from the heart. As long as it's real, people are going to respect that. And that's what I love about you, DMX. I know you meant a lot to a lot of others, but I just want to take this moment to say RIP. And can you just say one more prayer for us? I thank you, Lord, for my birth and everything that's followed. I thank you, Lord, for today. And I will pray for tomorrow. I thank you, Lord, for the love of my life and a friend. I made a promise, and I'm loving my wife till the end. I thank you, Lord, for your guidance, because it's all that counts. And right here, right now, Lord, this is your house. I thank you, Lord, for a dream that came true to light. And I ask you to bless everybody in this room tonight. I don't always do the right thing, and I ask you to forgive me, because I need you here with me. Without you in my life, it's empty. I think back how some people did me like violence was the remedy. And because I think of that now, I pray for my enemy. Not because of what I'll do, but because they don't know. There's something better after here, but everybody won't go. So I ask you to forgive them, and we'll hope they see. And I thank you for the love that they've given to me. I will not abuse it, nor will I lead them astray. You see, I love them like children that I see every day. And I pray, no, we pray together. Get us through the bad weather, and we love you forever. Let your thought and my heart go hand in hand. I first thought, but to start, but I stand a man. And for as long as I can, as long as you permit me, please give me the strength I need to live. Bear with me. Amen. Amen.
We love you, dog. And let's take a moment silence for the boy, for the man, the legend, DMX. Yo, it's your boy Trader Reels from Real Last Conversations, and this episode number 28, episode 28, and I got me a special guest here. I know I've been having a lot of guys on lately, so I had to get some love to the ladies. You know, I have a, a person that I know we used to go to school together. Her name's Mariah. She's doing a lot of uh, big things. Uh, she's a, a mother, and uh, she has, a, a, I think, a product called Yanni Care, right? It's called Yoni Care. Yoni Care. Um, okay, so she so she is she a she a young black entrepreneur. She does a lot of things. She gonna educate me on a lot of this stuff that you know we gonna talk about today, and I'm gonna appreciate it because honestly, I don't know nothing when it comes to what goes on in a woman's body. So there's gonna be a, a lot of education value for me and for a lot of guys out there. So I'm gonna pass this over to Mariah. Like you just drop your name, what you do, your social media, all of that. Hey everybody, my name is Mariah. I, as of right now, I I have three businesses. Let me just throw that out there. Okay, I okay. Have my first, <laughs> um, my first business is Divine Detox. I basically promote wound wellness, yoni care. I sell deep yoni detox curls, yoni steams, um, yoni safe products like yoni scrubs, yoni washes, and yoni oils. Um, I'm currently in the process of becoming a sex expert, so I can oh, expand <laughs> expand my my brain into something a little bit more positive, but also necessary to know. My second business is I have a nonprofit organization called Queen Speaks. Basically, what I do is I try to hold every year. I hold a brunch. It's called the Black Girls Magic Brunch. This year it is April 24th. Um, I try to hold a brunch every year just so I can have the young girls come out and learn that you're not alone in your upbringing. It was people before you that experienced depression, trauma, and so on and so on. And I just try to have a reach out. I just try to have, you know, just um, a couple of women come out, speak to the ladies, let them know what they do, how they got there, what was their struggles, what are now some of the victories that they faced, and yeah, that is that. <laughs> and also, I host, also, I hope, um, I hope, I, I host a pop-up shop. Majority of uh, Burlington County and Camden County has came out. It's called um, the Shop It Up Pop-Up Shop. I do it with my business partner slash friend, uh, Malaysia. She also has her own business called Anya Skincare. She makes natural skincare products, and we're hosting another one June fifth. And we're still looking for vendors if anybody is interested. So, and yes, yeah, and I'm gonna single mom with two little girls. Okay. And I'm just out here, y'all, trying to make it. <laughs> okay. So, what's your social media? What your business page? Uh, uh, social media at? Okay. So for IG, my for IG, my Divine Detox pages. Uh, Divine Detox One. So I'm gonna spell it out for y'all. So it's D I B I N E D E T O X One. And on Facebook, it's just Divine Detox without the one. Um, I'm currently in the process of reconstructing my Queen Speaks page, and so it's Queen Q U E E N S P E A K, and it should be like a logo with a a faceless black lady with a, I mean, woman with a um, crown on her head. And I don't have a social media handle for my pop-up shop. Me and my business partner is working on that, too. Okay, that's dope. So the first thing I want to know is, what is Yoni? Like, is that like a, a sexual part in a woman? Like, what is that? Like, I don't, I, I see it all the time on my Facebook when it comes to, like, you know, scrubs for girls, but I don't know what the hell it is, to be honest. So basically... A yoni is your vagina. So and I hate to be so. <laughs> Y'all just, just abbreviated. That's like, is that like African related? Like, what, like what's going on? Like, where where did yoni come from? It just comes from everywhere. It's like a Hinduism symbol of like goddess. It's a feminine 
power word that was developed long a long long time ago so and it basically what yoni is and a lot of people try to um what i have learned from a lot of people basically your yoni is like your spiritual portal and you know how everybody said you shouldn't let everybody inside your personal space because energy wise that's basically what it is if if i can like so a woman in like words so a woman's spiritual portal is their vagina. Yes. Okay. All right. And I do believe that. All right. Because all right. you shouldn't let you shouldn't let everybody inside of you. Long story short, because it, you're transferring the next person energy inside of you. What about these girls that want a hot girl summer? What's going on with that? What like they they can't express themselves that way? Oh yes, they most definitely can express, express themselves that way. I mean, I'm no I'm nobody to judge. But me personally, I'm just not that type of person. Like you only only the person that I feel that I'm connected with that deserves it, that you know, that we're on the same energy level, that's the only person that will be entering my spiritual portal, my that's gonna connect my energy because when you have sex with somebody, you're entwining your soul with that person. Condom or not, you're entwining your soul with that person. So it's kind of a soul connection. Yeah. So do you think you have more more than one soul connection at a time? Um, I don't think so. I don't. Everybody is different. Everybody's soul is different. Everybody's spirit is different. I think in a lifetime, you probably have at least two. Two soul connections with whoever you're involved with or whoever you deal with or whoever you have sex with. But for me, I can only speak for myself. You only... For me, I only think you only have one soul connection. And that person knows you from the top, like from the top to bottom. And like, and I'm speaking sex wise, like before you even think it, you'd be like, dang, he already did it. Like he started rubbing my feet. He started sucking my toes. He started doing this. He started doing that. Oh, oh you get it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you like them freaking leaks. You got them sucking. Okay. One thing. <laughs> my thing with that is, is like, what if the dude just really good at having sex? Like, does that mean he's your soul connection, or whether, he, or maybe he just know how to please a lady? Probably some too. Maybe he just know what he's doing. But even if you do still have good sex, that don't mean that like you always like, get there. Yeah, like just because it's, I don't think men understand. Like, just because it's good sex, that does not mean that the girl is all always has reached her peak like or like she has came she's just in the moment it feels good but that don't mean that she has reached her peak at the end of the the session because sometimes y'all ladies can have a dude that you know was so attentive to you and then you got that guy with toxic dick so like what what like what equates out like the dude that's attentive got all that or or is toxic dick better which is better wait say that again i'm sorry I said you have you can have a guy that's you know attentive to you that make you feel like a woman that's like a a good guy for you pretty much and then you got that one guy that got that toxic D, like <laughs> what what outweighs the other like you know what I'm saying I feel like toxic dick is a is a pretty strong uh, feeling as well. I think that's like a trending thing now. Like toxic dick is like oh my god like it's so good I can't give it up or whatever. But if it's if it's toxic, if, if if he has toxic dick and he's just, then he's just toxic in general. It's no, it's no in between. So how do you say, with, how is somebody, how is somebody so attentive that he has toxic dick? He's, he's been toxic. You know that. So you basically have to choose between giving up a good sex life, like a bomb sex life for, for finding something that's way better for you. The sex could be good, but once the sex is over, what else is there? What else is there for you? Okay, I, I like your mindset, ladies. Let's summarize. I like that. I like that. All <laughs> right. So with the whole Yanni care thing, like, so when do you start uh, getting into the health of a, a woman's spiritual portal? So basically, I started my young. So basically, I started doing self yoni healing. I want to say a little after I had my first daughter, because I started developing ovarian cysts on my ovaries, and I didn't even know what that was. Uh, one night, one day, one what, night, what I it? started. I had like a, a, ovarian cysts. Yeah, it's like a a pocket sack that fills up with fluid, 
Mm. And it sits on your uterus. Sometimes it has like bad fluid in it. Sometimes it don't. I'm not sure. This is what the doctors are telling me. But and sometimes it ruptures. Sometimes it shrinks back down. But in my case, my over my sis used to rupture, and it was like I used to have extremely bad pain, like mm. to the point I was like throwing up on the floor, shaking. Like the pain was so bad, like it was horrible. And I went to the doc. I went to the hospital one time, and the the doctor said, "You know, you didn't know you had a cyst on your ovary." I'm like, "No, I didn't know you took a cyst on your ovary." I ain't got an X-ray, motherfucker. Was, like, you know, X-ray. Exactly. Like, like, I didn't know nothing about this, and he was like, "Yeah, like it's the size of like a um a grapefruit," and I'm like, "A grapefruit." Oh, and nah. he's like, yeah. So, so he was like, they're going to rupture unless, you know, you do something about it. And they wanted to put, literally, they wanted to put me on everything. They wanted to put me on steroids. They wanted to put me on birth control. They wanted to put me on antibiotics. And I'm like, the side effects, if anybody have ever taken steroids, y'all know that steroids make you tired. Steroids make you uh, eat a lot. Steroids make your, your urine smell like this nasty altogether but i was like no uh, i'm just i'm not going to do it and then in the process of my ovariances i developed um endometriosis so basically endometriosis is when your uterine lining gets um is thicker with tissue and it's hard for you to conceive and you have a bad menstrual cramps and you sometimes you have a period sometimes you don't have a period and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to find a different route. Like, I'm going to figure out what works for for me. And I remember going into the Tyc- not Tycone, I'm sorry, um, the Berlin flea market, and I was in like this oil store, and the lady was like, oh yeah, you you know, I sell yoni seams, and I'm like, oh, well, what is the yoni seam? And she was telling me, running it down, and so she was telling me what to do, how to boil it, how to sit over it. And I would do that like twice a week, literally twice a week for a whole month straight. When I tell you I stopped having like ovarian cysts, um, when I went back to the doctors like a couple of months later and it was like, um, your uterus is not like the tissue in your uterus is not thick anymore. And I was like, and they was like, well, what have you doing? Have you been taking like the birth control in the in the steroids, and I'm like, no, I've been only seen it, and they was like, that's dangerous, that's a myth, and da 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 da. And I was like, well, I said, well, whatever is whatever is going on with these herbs that's helping me, it's helping me, and I'm not taking no medicine. I don't want to be on nobody's birth control, and so they were like, that's a myth, that's a myth, that's a myth. So I started seeing. And then one day I was on IG and I seen these yoni pearls and I was like, okay, let me try that too. So with the yoni pearl, uh, this may be a little graphic. So with the yoni pearl, you insert it into your vagina. It, you, it comes with two. You insert it inside of your vagina and um, one you keep in for 24 hours. So once the 24 hour mark is up, you take it out. You insert that don't hurt? the other pearl. No, it don't. If you wear tampons, it don't hurt. Okay. If you your dick, it don't hurt. Oh, hey. All right. Say less. Say less. It's, it's like a, um, it's like a small bowl. It's like a small bowl that's like wrapped in a, where herbs wrapped into a net. And so you insert it. So like I said, the first one you insert for 24 hours, the second one you insert for 48 hours. And then you go through a purge process. So with the purge process, literally whatever is inside of you that's not supposed to be inside of you will come out of you. Like old semen, dead tissue, cysts, a fibroid, like everything literally comes out of you. And when I tell you, like, I stopped having, like, um, I stopped bloating, I stopped cramping severely. My period wasn't, like, a week in, like, two days. Like, my periods started to become, like, two two to three days, and that was about it. And I wasn't even bleeding heavy, which was good for me. So I was like, yeah, this is what's working for me. So I'm going to take the natural route. I'm going to start semen. I'm going to start doing my pearls. And literally, it has saved my life. And then um, within those, within that, I, uh, 
I'll conceive my second daughter. Yeah, I'm so happy I'm not a, a woman, man. Like that seems like it's a lot. <laughs> like I, I don't like. I feel like that's a lot of time and effort. It is like being. I'll be trying to. I don't know if y'all men don't be understanding, but being a woman is like with our reproductive system. Like it's like it's really, 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 really like stressful. Like having like just imagine like having a having to bleed every month. Like, do y'all think like we want to sit sit there buy pads and tampons and period cups and stuff like that? Like that stuff is so draining. Like having a period is so annoying and it's like it's, it's like i always say it's ghetto i i, I don't wish having a period on nobody <laughs> no i really uh, i don't wish for y'all but hey that's a car job was dope that's crazy though <laughs> so uh about uh the whole birth control thing so you don't believe in taking birth control no i don't i took i was on birth control like twice i think it was on birth control in like 2000 and 14 and it wasn't for me like my home my hormones was all over the place like I was bleeding constantly like I bleed I bled for like two months straight I just didn't feel good I was always sick and I was like yeah I'm getting off of this and I wasn't even taking a pill I got the depo shot and that just wasn't for me and after I had my second daughter after I had my second daughter I was uh, I was going to get put on birth control but same thing, wasn't feeling well, wasn't trying to take it. I, I mean, wasn't feeling well, wasn't, was bleeding. And I, I was just like, no, it's just not for me. It's, it's almost like, me. I'm gonna just, say, it's almost like every girl that, you know, I've probably been with the last like, year or two, none of them is on birth control. And I'd be like, you on birth control? They'd be like, no. And I'm just like, well, uh, I mean, that kind of, I guess, will work, but, like, it would be good if he was. But it almost like they was dis- they felt disrespected when I asked them to go on birth control. So I didn't really know how, like, and bad it was. I, I, of course, I had a lot of them tell me, like, the side effects of it and what it does. But it just, like, I feel like nowadays birth control is more taboo than anything. Um, birth control is, re- honestly, birth control is not really made for our bodies. I, I, because the side effects that go along with birth control within itself, like, you get constant nausea. Well, these are the side effects that I know of that I have experienced and, like, some of the side effects, you know, that I have seen from, like, family members and friends, like, it causes blood clots, nausea, um, elevated blood pressure, extremely bad migraines, hormone imbalance. Sometimes, so now they have all these different you know, birth control, they have the new ring, they had the IUD, and, you know, I seen something on Facebook not too long ago where the lady, where the girl's IUD um, traveled up and put her, and paralyzed her. And I was damn. like, damn, like, yeah, like, I was like, I, I just, I just, no, 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 like, it, it's, it's bad, like, and you just don't know what's being put inside of the, you don't know what it's being made with, you don't know if it's safe, for your body or not, they say it's safe because, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, that's like a multi-million, billion, trillion business. So, of course, they're going to tell you you need it to prevent you from having babies. Yeah. But they just want the money. They just want the money at the end of the day. And they don't care about your bodies. And I do feel like women nowadays are way more knowledgeable than they were back in the days because it's like we have the internet now. You can find different ways, like you said, herbs, like, different products that you, like, some people might think is, like, bad for you, but honestly, if it works for you, it works for you. So, I think that's dope. So, how old was you when you had your first child? I was, I got pregnant when I was 21, and I had her when I was 22. And what about for the second one? Um, how old am I now? I'm 20. <laughs> I was 25 when I had her, and I was 26 when I had her. So, what was your thoughts when you had your first daughter? Was you scared? Was you nervous? Or was you ready for, to have like a kid at the, at twenty one? I, I was I was shitting bricks. Like literally, I was just like wow. So I remember, like I remember, like this day, like it was like yesterday. So I went to the I went to the doctors, and my 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 child's father took me or whatever. So he came in with me, and. He was sitting out in the waiting room. So I was, my old, me and my OB and the, the, his nurse, like we were, I was cool with them because I was always in there for something. So, you know, when, if 
all the women know when you go to your OB, they make you do a pregnancy test. They make you clean the cup just to make sure that you're not pregnant. If you are pregnant, whatever. So <laughs> the lady asked me, she's like, Mara, you think you're pregnant? I was like, no. So she came in. She came back in. She was like, well, I have some news for you. I said, oh, what? She was like, you're pregnant. I was like, huh? Mm. <laughs> she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. So the girl, so the, the nurse was like, is that your boyfriend that's out there or brother? I said, no, that, I said, yeah, that's my boyfriend out there. And she was like, well, do you want him to come in? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So he came in, he started, he was like, you, you did or whatever. And I was like, what's on the table? He was like, I don't know what that means. I said, I'm pregnant. He was like, wow. He was like looking like, okay. Like, was y'all having safe sex or was y'all just, you know, doing the do? Uh, that's all the answer that, I, I'm not an example so don't that's either here you, if I'm yeah so yeah anyway in between the lines yeah we, we get it we but, got it <laughs> but um I think it was more so like nerve wracking it was scary cause we were like we were like 21 22 we ain't know nothing about having nobody's baby we ain't have no, we ain't know nothing about, you know, being parents. I was living at home. He was living at home. And I'm like, damn, like, we, we really about to be somebody's parents. Like, and it was just, it was, it was just a hard time. Like, I was like, I didn't have a job. I wasn't in school. I was like, <laughs> I was just getting over like a depressed episode. And I was just like, I can't. And I was, and I was considering getting an abortion, but then I was like, no, like, just going to have the baby, whatever. And I literally, I, like, I say this all the time, like, anybody asks me about, you know, the reasons, the reason for having my daughter, my first daughter, anyway, like, her name is Charlie, by the way. Um, she saved my life. Literally, she saved my life. Like, before I had her... I was like really in a really, really bad depressed state um, where I wasn't eating. I lost like a tremendous amount of weight. I was just all over the place and I was just not in a good headspace mentally and physically and emotionally. And so having her really made me realize that, you know, this little person is here for a reason. And every year and like every time, you know, when she was younger and I would look at her and she would smile at me and I'm like, this is the person that's here to love me. Like, this is the person who saved me. Like, this is the person that that needs me. But I need I needed her more than she needed me. So, no, that's dope. And I, like, I definitely seen your uh, kid on uh, on Facebook. And honestly, she got like some uh kid like kid child actress like vibes, you know what I'm saying? Like she could be like a model, <laughs> a kid star. Like she has a lot of personality, you know. So yeah. I can definitely see how yeah. she can brighten up your day. But I always yeah. thought that you know a lot of times kids come in and they make the people I know personally lives better. Like I know you know Brandon Bennett. Like he had like a lot of kids, yeah. and like literally, when I tell you this, he's like a totally different man. Like when I tell you like. I actually look up to the dude because, like, he's doing so much ball stuff. And, like, it was because he had kids. And I feel like sometimes yep. kids make you refocus and be like, all right, if my life ain't together now, I got to get it together right now for this person that's coming into my life. So sometimes, so I do feel a lot of times kids are blessings when they come out. They are. They are. Um, B, yo, B's like, B's just be out here doing it. Because his daughter, his second daughter, Carter, and Charlie, they had the exact exact birthday. They was born twelve years apart and in the same hospital. Oh, that's dope. So yeah, like because him and um my girl's dad, they're they're friends, and we we hang out like here and there. We're supposed to be going to the zoo soon, so like it it like it amazes me like when I see us all together and like I'm like damn like we're really parents. We're really about to be thirty. <laughs> Our kids is growing up like. They not babies anymore, so I do say like becoming a parent really does bring like the best out of you, but it also it also puts on a lot more stress too. 
um, because you you want the best for them. Like you want them to be like the greatest at whatever they do. Like you don't want to you don't want them to feel like you know they have to wait for things. Like you just want to have have the money to buy it for them, or you know give them a limited you know toys and food and vacations and go taking them out and stuff like that. So it does bring stress because you just you try to work so hard for them so they can have but you develop more stress on yourself just trying to get yourself together for them are you are you close to your parents oh yeah i'm definitely close to my to my parents my mom is like my best friend my mom is the one that um take care of them when i'm at work so were you scared to tell her were you scared to tell her when you when you found you was pregnant or you was just like nah she'll understand oh Oh, the first time, oh hell no! Like I, I was so, I was so freaking. I'm sorry, I was about because I was so freaking nervous. I was like, I'm like, I, I remember telling, <laughs> telling um, they, they dad, I'm like, yo, I'm about to. <laughs> I said, my mom about to kill me. <laughs> I was like, my mom was about to kill me, and I was sitting in the. So we went back to his house or whatever, and like we was just sitting there talking or whatever. So he dropped me back off home. And just so I could tell my mom, and I'm sitting there smiling because when I'm when I'm like nervous or upset or whatever or mad, I like I start laughing or or smiling. So you crazy? Why, so you crazy? <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. That was the craziest one. Did they laugh when they mad? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But I was sitting in the kitchen with me and my sister. And my mom was like in at the corner, I mean at the corner washing dishes and I was like, Mommy, I gotta tell you something. She's like, What? You pregnant? And I started laughing. Uh, yeah, they all, I feel like they always mom, know. She do. She does she did. Because the crazy part, before I found out I was pregnant, the week before I found I was so sick. Like I had a really bad fever. I was like like nauseous and everything but i thought i had bad chinese food <laughs> so i didn't think nothing of it <laughs> i didn't think nothing of it and i was like wow like is she and she was like what you pregnant and i was like <laughs> she's like all right no seriously for real stop playing are you pregnant and my sister Mary, stop for real are you pregnant and i was like they was like you gotta stop lying i said i'm not lying y'all <laughs> So I went in my room and I got the ultrasound. They was like, my sister said, but you really pregnant. And I was like, yeah. Who jokes about that? And my like... mom was, <laughs> I'm like, trust me, I'm not going to joke about being pregnant. And I, I showed them the ultrasound. My mom was just like, she couldn't, like, she was literally stuck, like, like severely stuck. And she was just looking like. How old was she wow. had you? How, how old was she when she had you? My mom was 32. All right, I got, I got some hope then. Because I was about to say, I'm, yeah. I'm low-key jealous. Oh, I'm, I'm low-key jealous of the, of, the, of, the, of the people that have kids young. Because I feel like when you 40, they're going to be grown and you can really have fun with your kids. Like, I'm like yeah, about to be. I, well, I, Go ahead. No, I already have, no, I already have fun with my girls. I mean, even though they're younger, but I still have fun with my girls. But I do tell people, if y'all can wait to have kids, please do. Like, it. You, because I think I, for myself, I, I struggle with trying to still be young and free and be a parent and having to find a babysitter. Like, having to find a babysitter is the most ghettoest thing ever. Like, if my mom don't feel like watching them, his mom probably got something to do. Like, my aunt is probably, like, doing something or they can only watch one because my, my youngest daughter, she, she off the chain. Like, she just, she, she, she going to for <laughs> Yeah. Well, they they say forty is a new twenty, so it's like when you turn forty, they're gonna be grown and you can have all the fun you want. While motherfuckers like me gonna have to be finding a babysitter at forty, <laughs> trying to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. I understand. I, I feel like it's a lot of give and take, but I feel like the people that have kids younger, it's like when you get older, you're gonna be like, all right, like I'm happy we got it out the way, so now we can like mm-hmm. really live life and. Y'all probably will have like more money. Y'all businesses will flourish even more by that point, you know. So I definitely think yeah. that's dope. So you said, uh, do do the Yanni products help with the womb as well after pregnancy? Like you said, you said it does. Yes, it does. Okay, so what yeah, happens? I, so, so what happens to your womb after pregnancy? Like I don't like I don't, I, don't, I really don't know. So basically, once you so once you push your child out, 
your uterus um, just is just basically sitting there. So this is why a lot of people, like if you ever seen on Facebook, this is why a lot of people advocate for breastfeeding because that's one way for your uterus to shrink back to normal size. I mean, it's going to go back to normal size anyway, but it's definitely good for um, your uterus to shrink back a little faster for your stomach to go down a little faster too. But um, with Yoni semen, um, you all, I always recommend please wait six weeks after you steam. I mean, wait six weeks after you have your child because you're still open. A lot of people, um, a lot of women may have like uh, stitches or like staples from being cut and stuff. So I do recommend waiting six weeks after, you know, having your kid. But with the steam, basically what it does is like it just cleans you out from like with everything that, you know, basically that's inside of you. Um, any like leftover mucus, anything, any leftover like blood, any, um, <laughs> any imagine, yeah. Um, yeah, like having a baby, like literally having a baby is like tough on the body. I, I, I definitely can say that. I, I didn't, I enjoyed being pregnant, but I didn't like being pregnant. Did so, you, did, did you wish your, uh, your, your, your child's uh, father went through the same pain you went through? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> like he, he used to make me crack. Like when I was pregnant, he always used to, he, he made me feel good. Like he'd be like, you're so pretty. Like. He was like, you're glowing. Like, look at your skin. He was like, your feet is fat. And, like, I was like, yo, you're weird. Like, <laughs> he was like, your feet is Gotta fat. make you feel so good. He, like, yeah, but I'm like, I look like a damn house. Do you not see me? My stomach is all over. My stomach is out. Like, my cheeks is puffy or whatever. He he always used, like, he really, really made me feel good when I was pregnant and he always used to say, like, I look, like, my skin looked like it was, like, glowing. And I was like, well, I don't want to see it, but thank you. But, um... I'm about to say, y'all, 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 never, like- y'all never do. Y'all never see... I just think, you know, when a guy sees a woman ch- carrying his child, you just, like, see the real beauty behind it, you know? While y'all just, like, I'm trying to catch my breath. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, just feel, <laughs> feel right. I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to feel good so this baby will get his foot, his or her foot out of my, um my ribs but it just wasn't like my pregnancy with my first daughter it i don't know i really didn't have too many bad experiences with her but in the hospital the cord was wrapped around her neck Mm. and the doctor wasn't paying attention so when i pushed her out she almost like she almost fell out and almost hung herself oh my goodness but if it yeah if it wasn't for um for my girl's dad saying something like, you know, she probably could have like died or something. Beat but that um, what is wrong with when I tell you, like these doctors, they don't know. They think they know what they're doing, but they don't. They don't believe nothing that you tell them. They think it's all in your head. They think you know you're either you a new mommy or your old mommy. It's normal. You should be used to it. Blah blah blah. Like you never get used to pregnancy. You never get used to pregnancy because each time is different. Like this time with my second daughter, like I was just so uncomfortable. Like just so uncomfortable. I worked the most this this pregnancy, but I was just so uncomfortable. Like my leg was going out. Homegirl, like homegirl, had a cyst on her neck. And then she didn't have a cyst on her neck. Then she, I had to go to get ultrasounds multiple times. Like with her, I was like spotting here and there. I thought I was miscarrying. I was just like, ah, this, this is just goofy. Like this is just goofy and ghetto. Like I don't want to do this no more. This is a, ten, a zero out of ten. I highly don't recommend. <laughs> don't recommend. <laughs> I highly don't recommend anything that 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 has to do with this. But yeah, I just know. Mm-mm. So you, you don't want any more kids? No, I don't. Oh. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I don't. I tell people they always be like you don't want another one. No, I don't. But if I get married, so okay. So here's the thing: I have to be married by 33. If I'm married by 33, I'll have another kid. But if I don't, if I'm not married by 33 and I have my husband after that, after that 33 mark, he has to come with kids. 
I'm sorry. Yo, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. Let's take a break into this real quick. All right, so so you're single. So is dating harder when you have uh, two kids? Um, most definitely. Um, I just stopped. Yeah, most definitely. Like this one guy. Um, he he say he said he didn't have an issue, but he ended up having. A, he had an issue for two reasons. <laughs> he had an issue because. Me and my child's father, like, we co-parent very, very nicely. You know, we take the kids out together and stuff like that. He 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 didn't like that. And then on top of that, he, he feels as though, like, he felt as though that, you know, I wanted a stepfather for them. And I legitly had to make this extremely clear to him. My child's father will always be in my life, no matter what. Real because shit. of us having kids. So you have to respect the fact that if me and him go out with the kids, it's because we're going out with the kids. Like, and I even had to tell him too, like, if me and you are not exclusive or dating, don't worry about what I'm doing on the end. Don't worry about that end. Worry about what worry about you trying to date me. That's that's the that's all you need to worry about. And and also, my girls have a father, an extremely good father. Will do anything for for them and me. So you worried about me trying to find a stepdaddy and me trying and me being close to him? I'm like, why would I want to? Why would I want to raise my girls with with two broken with two broken parents? No, I don't like I don't like all that rah rah baby mom baby mommy baby daddy type stuff. I don't like that. Like that's. You, I don't want to show that to my girls. I would rather show them that, you know, we co-parent together. We can be in the same room together. We can laugh together. We can be around each other and still be able to be cordial with each other. No, nah, that's, so, that's real. I, I do think it's easier for a woman to, to date a guy with kids than just for a guy to date a woman with kids. Because I feel like guys are naturally insecure sometimes, you know? I feel like for me, personally, like, say I talked to a woman who had kids, it's almost like a lot of them expect a lot of things faster than I'm used to, you know? Which isn't a bad thing, but yeah. it's almost like you can't really play any games. You have to, like, come, like, correct if she has kids off top. Yeah. And a lot of times, the yeah. woman I do talk to, like, you look at kids, you said you're the, the father of your kids is in in their lives. But a lot of times, the ones I talk to, the father's not even in their lives. Like, the, the fathers are just, like, deadbeats. And I just be like, damn. Yeah. So it's just like, I got to, like, really pick up at all you know you know what i'm saying but that's not the case for everybody i have like a homeboy in st louis who dating a girl with kids but like he's cordial with the father like they have like a relationship and they're cool and i i can respect that because it's like that takes a lot of i feel like a lot of respect and maturity to be like all right i know i know that the father of a kids in the life he's going to be around and i'm secure enough for myself to be like hey i want to be in addition to this family as well so i definitely mm-hmm. think it's rare for that to, ha- to find that on the man's side just because not, not a, lot, a lot of guys you know are territorial in a lot of ways and i don't know why we like that but it's almost like all right if the father's still around that means y'all have a relationship that we never going to have for real for real because it's like y'all have history together and who's to say like what if your kids be like one day i want y'all to be back together you're not going to take that into consideration you know yeah i just think i think i'm sorry for cutting you off i just think that um what i have experienced with the the guy that i was talking to is that like he he felt uncomfortable and he felt like he felt like I belonged to him. Like and I don't and like I told him, like I don't belong to you. We're not on that type of time. Like I and like I did tell him, I don't have time for games. <laughs> I don't have time to be fiddling with you and your feelings. Like you have to come correct or you won't have to step. Like tell me how you feel. Tell me again, yeah, tell me how you feel. Tell me you know, this is what you want, this is what you want, this is what you don't want, this is what you don't want. Like, I don't have time. And like, I don't have time. And like, I always tell my kids come first. My kids come first. Like, I remember I told him I couldn't do something. And he was like, this is the second time that you flaked. And I'm like, and damn it, I'm going to flake again if I don't have a babysitter or if my child don't feel good. And yeah. I don't want to come off as like that, you know, angry black woman or girl or whatever but you're not going to stay here and try to make me feel bad because we can't chill like my girls come first each and every time like my girls come first or even if i make plans with him 
with the, with my girl's dad and them, like, you know, those plans come first because I already put those into motion. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you know, yeah, take the girls because I got a date. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't even want, honestly, I don't even want people around my kids if it's not me or him because I don't trust, I don't trust people's intentions. That's number one. A lot of, a lot of sad and scary things have been going on in the world. Like people have been going missing. Little kids have been getting molested and raped and like killed and stuff like that. This is why I said don't have nobody around my child that I do not know, that I don't like, or I do not respect because they might not like me or they may not respect me and try to put it on, put it upon my kids. And I will never bring no man around my kids either. Like I just, I, it's a scary world and dating in general in our age bracket is just stressful within itself. So. No, I definitely think it is. I also think it's like our generation is so microwavable. Like everything just comes like get, uh, guys expect to get ass fast. <laughs> girls respect mm-hmm. girls expect uh title fast. It's almost just like, you know, what happened to the whole courting stage, you know? Really exactly. knowing somebody, taking somebody out and seeing what their true attentions are. So I I know you was talking about therapy. So so did like did you need therapy after you had kids or anything like that? Um, I started going to therapy when I was pregnant. Actually, it's been a year and a couple of months since I started therapy. I started when I was like, what, four or five months pregnant with my second daughter. My therapist is just, she's a black woman. I just want to put that out there because no white woman or white man will understand my pain or struggle. Black woman loves saying that. <laughs> um, I got me a black woman as my therapist, but nah, go ahead. No, no, seriously, like, I don't think nobody, I don't think a, a white woman will understand. I mean, she probably would understand, like, the woman's aspect of it, but I don't think, like, the black side of it, she's going to understand. But I started therapy about a year ago and some change, and I love it. Shout out to my therapist. She really, like, she really brings light to everything that I have, like, suppressed throughout the years of like being a child to now. Um, I'm very emotional, extremely emotional, an emotional person, but it's passion behind it. So like, I remember one time I was in therapy and I started crying. I was talking about something and I started crying, but, and I started like sucking my tears up and she's like, why are you, why are you, why are you stopping yourself? And I was like, you know, I don't want to like cry because I don't want to be seen as like weak. She was like, Mariah, you're a human don't you bleed if you're cut? And I was like, yeah. So if you're upset or sad, why can't you cry? And I'm like, she's like, why can't you express your emotions? And I was like, well, you know, growing up, everybody used to tell me I was too emotional or I need to stop showing so much emotion. And she was like, but that's what makes you you. That's what makes you passionate. That's what makes you caring and loving because you show those type type of emotions. And I was like, God damn it, you are right. So now, like she's like, I think that happens in a black household a lot too. It's almost like they, like, and when you get raised up, it like they kind of tell you not to show any weakness. When just like, what, what's the issue with being weak sometimes? You know, or being in an emotional state, you can't bottle everything up. Yeah, and it do because like everything you want to be like, you want to be so hardcore and you want this tough shell over you, but in reality, is it's not good to harbor in your emotions. It's not good that you can't release them. And it's also not good when you're suppressing things that need to be addressed because you just, you need that outlet at the end of the day. You need that type of outlet. You need that type of release. You need that type of comfort where you're not, where it's not sitting on you. Because when I used to like suppress things and keep stuff bottled up, my anxiety used to be super high. I always used to be super anxious. And I'm not saying that I don't do it, but I don't do it as often. Like she, uh, one thing she, yeah, I have more control over how I deal with my emotions, how I react off of things. Also, too, like I am not perfect <laughs> at all. Like I still, like if I'm not thinking clearly, I still react off of emotion, and that's only because I I've been that that way for so long. But I also, but she also taught me you need to think about how you're going to act about it. Like, take the time to process it. Don't dismiss your feelings, but also don't explode to the point where everything is going to crumble under you too. 
So I so more so now I try to like when I get upset, I just think about it. I talk to myself, which is kind of everybody be like, "Oh, you talk to yourself? Oh, yeah, I do." If I don't talk to myself, who is? <laughs> Everybody talk. Everybody <laughs> talks to themselves. That's what I'm saying. People try to act like it's everybody talks to themselves at one point in time. And shit, I know I for a yeah. fact I talk to myself, and I be laughing at my own jokes in my head sometimes. People probably think I'm crazy. I do too. But I hey, I'm like, a. Yo, I'm really. <laughs> like, I'm a funny motherfucker. <laughs> like, for, if only people knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I be like, no, I'm really funny. Like, if anybody knew how funny I was, me and my best friend, we be talking about you know how funny we are with within each other. But I'd be like, outside of all of this, I'd be like, I'm really like that bitch. Like, I'm really like hilarious. But um, she, my therapist, she helped me through a lot of things. Um, she helped me through my postpartum with my second daughter. That was hard, hard. Um, she helped me through a lot of like um, past trauma experiences and just try to get me Try just try to like like give me the tools to get me through life. She always like she cracks me up because when I be telling her or whatever about what's going on, she be like, man, she's like, man, fuck them. I'll be like, oh. damn right. I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god, why you say that? She's like, no, sometimes you gotta say it. And she's like, this is me. Aside from you know me being your therapist, but she be like, no, fuck them. I'll be like, yeah, you right, you right. You be knowing. You be knowing. <laughs> but I think going to therapy was def- definitely, like, the best thing that I ever um, embarked on. Like, um, putting therapy a part, of, a part of my, like, healing journey. Um, just trying to better myself. And I do say, too, like, if I'm not good, my girl's not going to be good. And it's like a domino effect. Like, emotionally, I have to at least be some type some type of stable for them because being angry all the time, being sad all the time, not being, not being there present in the present is going to affect them too. So I just try to. Kids are perceptive. They pick up on those things, honestly. Like you might not think they pick up on those things, but they definitely do. They, they definitely do. Like my, my daughter, she picks up every little thing. Like she sees if I'm upset, she sees if I'm like crying or if I have been crying because I try not to cry in front of her. Um, she sees like if I'm not like feeling her right now or I'm just like upset <clears throat> or like because the one time I remember I was, I was mad about something about my job. And but so I just walked away and I went in my room or whatever. And she came in there. She said, Mommy, are you okay? I said, Yeah, no. I'm all right. Why you ask? She said, Yeah, because that dumb job got on your nerves, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dumb job got on my nerves. And she said, It's all right. Like, you'll find something better. I was like, I don't deserve you. <laughs> yeah, my, that's that shit right, right there. But uh, speaking yeah. on emotions and tapping into your emotions, uh, uh, we did lose a legend last Friday, DMX, and honestly, he's one of the people that used to. To me, he was always interesting because like he was so hard, but set so, but yet so soft at the same time, and people still respected him. Like people still didn't try him when he cried on stage or when he cried amongst the people praying for everybody. Like everybody still respected his gangster at the end of the day, and mm-hmm. uh, just. To lose a legend like that, it's just crazy. And to me, I really didn't know how big DMX was until, like, I ain't gonna lie, like, five, six years ago. Like, I remember listening to DMX when I was younger, but I wasn't really on him like that. But I had, like, you know, some of my uh, homeboys, like, you know, really big him up. And I went back to listen to his music, and I was just like, yo, this dude was really talented. Being on social media and seeing all these posts that people were putting on there, it's just like, yo, we really lost a hood angel on earth. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny to me because I feel like DMX is a lot of women favorite rappers. And that was, like, so funny to me because I would never think that. Like, my sister, she called me on Wednesday, told me she was in the hospital. And she was just like, yeah, that's my favorite rapper. And I'm just like, DMX? Like, I would never have thought that. But, like, the, the love he gets, it just, like, it just showed you, like, people won't love you if you you. Like, it don't matter whether you used to be a robber, whether, you know, you used to be, like, a grimy dude. As long as you, like, real mm-hmm. with yourself and real with the people and not, and not lie about who you are, you'll always get respect at the end of the day. Because we all know DMX yeah. had a past, you know, but... 
he also had a redemption period where he was just like he knew his faults and he always asked like you know the lord for forgiveness and like the words yeah. he used to say like he was a real poet man like i don't know how to really say it like the, his voice the words he said you would just be at the end of every word just like damn like like what he spoke is like true gospel so like how like how was yeah. dmx to you like what did he mean to you um being that he was just like a top-notch legend and honestly dmx is my mom's favorite rapper like crazy <laughs> when party when party up come on like my mom just like lose her mind like literally but i think growing up and i always knew dmx was big like it wasn't no doubt about it just like how his energy was when the music came on the type of thought like it didn't matter what song it was like it's, it's this one song with him and Drag On and Ease that, like, just always gets me going. Like, that's, not, that's one song that's on my workout playlist. And him, like, and, he, and he's, like, and he's a movie icon, too. Like, just what... People what forget that. People forget that. You, the movie aspect of it. Like, what, what, like, what gangster or, like, sub person turns from rapper to actor just like that. Like, he's been in the movie with, like, Jet Lee and, like, Be- like Belly was, like, a, like a one hell of a movie. Um, Romeo Must Die. Exit Wounds. Like, like he was really a phenomenal, a phenomenal actor. Like, you can tell, like, that was, like, one of his passions, too. And, like, he really did it. And I think his music really lived with within us because he's he's in our era like we grew up listening to him like we grew up seeing him we grew up seeing his struggles and i also do think that him struggling with his demon what his past demons like with his drug addiction and you know he i know watching uh one of uh, like a a doc hearing that his mother did not want him and i think she dropped him off at like a yeah she ditched him at like a a homeless shelter or something like that yeah yeah, like an orphanage, and like you know, I think he struggled with that too. So, you know, just imagine being in this this world, somebody that you looked up to, laced your laced your weed with crack, and you start you get hooked to that, and then you know you in the limelight, you go from being a millionaire to being broke and like rebuilding yourself. And I do think too, every time like watching people's like interviews about him and you know, talking about how, how good he was as a person, you know, he never really had on a lot of jewelry. Like he, the most I ever see him have on was like the dog chain, like that, the rope link chain thing. I don't know what it's, I don't know how to actually pronounce, um, word form it, but that's about the only thing, you know, he never talked about having a whole bunch of money or, you know, a whole bunch of holes or, Nah, whatever he never, just, he never like did. he like he really just spoke from his like he really he really spoke from his heart he definitely was a poet and i like for me i'm not gonna say r.i.p to dmx because his his he still lives on within us like his 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 body form is not here but him like spiritually he's definitely always going to be with us like his music is going to continue, continuously live on through us and i just i'm sad that he's not here like i said body form but like spiritually you know i'm i'm definitely sad that he does not have to like um struggle with his demons anymore yeah struggle with his demons and try to like get it together so i'm definitely upset about that but i'm definitely happy that he's getting his flowers even though he always got his flowers while he was here most definitely but I'm glad that everybody's paying their respects respectfully. And to be honest, um, I feel like this been like the biggest death since like Tupac and Biggie. Like honestly, like we lost a lot of rappers, like Nipsey, you know, rest in power to Nipsey, uh, Pop mm-hmm. Smoke and all them. And like honestly, they were big people, and I feel like Nipsey was more so like a you know big when it comes to like what he was trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But like DMX mm-hmm. actually been in the game for so long. 
And like he literally left the game because he said he didn't want to sell his soul. He like he said he seen where the game was going, and he said he just like left when he thought it was getting to the point where it was too toxic for him. And I can't respect that because anybody said, "Hey, I'm I do this for a couple dollars, man." But he was just like, "Nah, I'm about when I bow out." And to be honest, he been like 50 years. That's a that's a like it's not a long time, but like he was been a rap game for what 20 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's like, you know, legendary type status right there. So this one really affected me because I'm like, yo, like he's been around since like 98. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's like about, that's like two decades, two and a half decades. And it's Cause fun- I think what him and him and Jay came out, him and Jay-Z came out together. Yeah. Him and Jay came like out. Yeah, him and Jay came out together. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, imagine we lost Jay-Z. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to think about it like that. Yeah. Sad when you see these young people die. But, you know, it's, it's only it's sad because their story hasn't really got, been written out yet. But, you know, DMX, his story written out. I think he was on. I think he, he just finished his uh, last album, too. And it just almost mm-hmm. like like people was waiting on that. And I, I saw so many interviews he was doing. Still the same DMX. And honestly, a lot of his later stuff, you can kind of see how happy he was. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't really the angry dude he used to be. Like, I saw like a lot of videos with, with him and family, dancing, smiling, happy. Yeah. I feel like he was in a better place, but, you know, sometimes you don't know what's really going on with somebody's life. So it's just sad to see somebody mm-hmm. go like that because, honestly, I, like that's the last person I thought that here was going to pass away. So it definitely took. Yeah, I, that definitely, like, when they said that he was in the hospital, I kind of already knew what it was hitting for. But, you know, you just don't want to, like, put that type of energy out in the air. And um, I, I was in the mall that day when uh, when my sister called me and told me that he passed away, and I'm like, dang, like I, I that right there just you know we we keep losing like these iconic people and being left with all this stupidity down on earth, so. Yeah, if anything, it's make you just be like, yo, live your life how you, live your life how you want to live it. I was watching the DMX thing on GQ where he was just like, the person the interviewer was like, hey, like, you don't seem like you want to listen to happy music all the time. He was like, who want to be happy all the time? He said, sometimes you want to be sad. Sometimes you want to be mad. He was like, mm-hmm. he said, he said, listen to the music you want to listen to. He was like, I don't want to be a happy motherfucker all the time because he get taken advantage of. You happy all the time. So for yeah. somebody to know himself that much, you can't do nothing but respect it. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of his, you know, drug addiction, like he really take no prisoners. Like he just was just himself. Like he wasn't nobody else but himself. He ain't try to switch his music up, his style up or nothing. Like, and I, I just feel bad. I, I feel bad for his kids. I feel bad for his family that, you know, they lost him so soon because 50 is not, 50 is not young, but it's definitely not old. And I felt like he had a little bit more inside of him. Definitely, you know, you know, legends never die. I like you said. I don't want to say, you know, you know, rest in peace because he ever, he always gonna be with us. I really do think he made it above, you know, to the next level of life, and I think he's living comfortably now. But uh, I just want to say, yeah, thank you, Mariah, for coming on the episode today. I had to get a a woman on. I learned a lot today. <laughs> I learned a, a lot, a lot today, uh, and I do appreciate it. So we gotta do this again. But uh, one more time, I want you just to drop drop your social media for your business so people can look you up one more time. Okay, so I didn't get my personal page in the beginning, so I'm going to give you my personal page because I'm more active on that one. So my personal um, IG handle is Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E underscore Baltimore. Don't know how to spell Baltimore. And that's my personal page. And my my business handle is Divine Detox One. So it's D-I-C-I. M E D E T O X one, and then that's for my my yoni care business, and then my nonprofit is, is Queen Speak Q U E E N S P E A K, and that's about it. And I just thank you for having me on. This this was an experience. I tell you that much. I was nervous to be to be honest about coming on. <laughs> Nah, but I said you was the first one that you you was the first one to comment. But I remember like uh, I posted a, a I posted a status because sometimes people don't know. You know, we you have your own business or do something you passionate about. You just hope it get received well. You know, and when I saw that you said you like yeah. my uh, podcast, and you listen to it. Yo, it made me light up because it's just like honestly, like I know I know of you, but I don't know you know you like that. And whenever I hear people like like show me love and they're not really like in my personal bubble. 
it really motivates mm-hmm. me to want to do more. So I had to I had to get you on, and I, cause I know you're doing a lot of things, like a lot of black women are in the South Jersey area. I do see a lot of pop up shops out there, and I'm so proud of what you guys are doing because the oh, unity I see you. with the black women nowadays is just incredible. I didn't see this back when I was growing up. Like I like maybe it was going on, but it wasn't publicized as much as it is now. And like you said, you got yeah. different business partners. You know, you got Kay- Kay- Kayla got her uh, dessert brand going on. Yeah. Raven yeah. got yeah. Raven yeah. got her clothing brand going on. And people were just going crazy mm-hmm. out there in South Jersey. So that's why I wanted to get yeah, you I- on. <laughs> Thank you. I just think that we're we're coming into ourselves now. We're realizing that we have these skills. We have these. Um, we're blessed with these talents, and we're just trying to make do of it because like I always say, I'm not working in nine to five for the rest of my life. I want to create, um, I want to create general, say it for me. Generational wealth. wealth, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to create that for my girls. And if I don't have to, if I could be home with them and do my business on the side and, you know, do create more businesses within my business, then that's what I'm going to do. And I feel like everybody's trying to, level up from having to step in, step inside somebody's workplace dope and honestly there's enough food at table for everybody so you know if there's somebody out there grinding yo you know shout their page out collaborate with them you know this black mm-hmm. business is powerful out here and you know it's your boy trader real from real last conversations thank you again mariah for coming out you know check out all her business pages please support her she is really thank doing things me. major and it's all love peace Bye.